0: You cannot understand America without understanding the South. It's the fastest-growing, youngest, and most diverse part of the country. And Southerners are changing the music we listen to, the movies we watch, the food we eat, and the stories we share. I'm John Hammontree, host of The Reckon Interview, and each week I sit down and talk with some of the South's most interesting thinkers and creators. We talk about how this place shaped them and how they're reshaping the South. So go ahead and subscribe to The Reckon Interview, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain.
0: You know, if you look back in history, I don't think you can find a time since the Middle Ages where this has happened, and even then, I don't think there was a a widespread closure of the churches to the extent that we've seen this time.
1: Today, we hear from AL.com reporter Greg Garrison. Greg is a reporter who often writes about religion and churches in Alabama. We talked about the role churches play during the pandemic, the measures that they've taken to stop the spread, calm their members, and one church's role in organizing early COVID-19 testing in the state.
0: Good morning from AL.com. This is Greg Garrison. I am speaking to you from the 411 Drive-In Theater in Center, Alabama, just off Weiss Lake. You can see a giant movie theater screen behind me. Uh, In front of me, they are having a Palm Sunday service at the drive-in movie theater off in the distance there you can see a preacher preaching from the stage and they've had some music and uh, when the song finished people honked their horns as an amen
1: last sunday most christians in alabama attended easter worship services from their homes adhering to the state's stay-at-home order to help stop the spread of coronavirus
2: greg garrison You wrote a piece about how people in Alabama could attend Easter services virtually on Sunday. Based on what you saw and heard, how did that play out? Did churches seem to cooperate with the shelter-in-place guidelines?
0: Yes, Ben, I think there was very high compliance on the guidelines, and I would say probably more than 90% of people who worshiped on Easter did so in virtual services, uh, online services, worshiped uh, through their Facebook page with their church, that sort of thing. There were a few outdoor services that also did abide by the guidelines that were set out by the state. For example, uh, a drive-in movie theater church uh, that happened up in Center near Weiss Lake. There was an outdoor service in Odinville. Some churches did drive up services in their parking lots with uh, PA systems and so forth. You weren't allowed to get out of your cars. Those were few and far between, I think. And in most cases, I think people simply watched virtual worship services and took part that way. I think there was widespread uh, cooperation in terms of just mostly staying at home, trying not to do anything that would spread the virus.
2: Well, that's good to hear because uh, this comes after some criticism that churches drew in the South, specifically in Alabama too. And obviously during any crisis, church is going to play a large role. In during a pandemic, like I said, Southern churches have drawn criticism for playing some part in the spread of coronavirus. Can you sort of help confirm or squash that idea?
0: Yeah, I think that was especially true in other states like Louisiana, uh, but there were some instances in Alabama also where we had an outbreak in Lee County in the Auburn area that was connected to a church, and um, I think there were some um, latecomers to cooperation and that probably did contribute to the spread of the virus in those areas. I would say for the most part, churches did cooperate and they did kind of get in line pretty fast with the state guidelines. And it was a big ask, too. You know, if you look back in history, I don't think you can find a time uh, since the Middle Ages where this has happened. And even then, uh, during the bubonic plague and the Black Plague that spread over Europe and killed a third of the population, I don't think there was a, a widespread closure of the churches to the extent that we've seen this time, so it was a big ask, but I think the churches did get it, and for the most part uh, they followed the advice of state health officials and uh, and shut down services uh, pretty
2: early on when when that was recommended well and so outside of the spread, what role have churches played in all this is Is there a universal message that most cling to during a crisis like this one, or have the sermons, scriptures, and otherwise varied during the course?
0: You know, one thing in terms of uh, responding to the pandemic, I think it's worth pointing out um, how Church of the Highlands organized mass testing very early on before even UAB had testing up and ready to go. From March 17th to 22nd, during a five-day period, They tested 2,216 people, and that was church organized. Uh, They did it on their church campus. It was conducted by a medical team from Christ Health Center, which was founded by the Church of the Highlands in 2009 as a a ministry and an outreach to the community in Woodlawn. Uh, They used testing that was provided by Assurance Scientific Laboratories also based in Birmingham, and I think that's really commendable that they were able to use the tools that a mega church has, a big campus, uh, teams that can park a large number of cars, and they were able to test as many as 798 people in one day uh, on that Thursday when they were doing testing. So I think that's worth pointing out that that church stepped up and organized testing it wasn't otherwise available. I was out there three of the five days that they had testing. And one day I was out there just after they had completed testing. There was a doctor wearing a mask from Columbus, Mississippi, who was desperate to be tested. He said he couldn't find anywhere to be tested. And him and his wife, who was a nurse, were in their car and asking to be tested. And they were run through the very next morning and were given priority. The church did Give priority to healthcare workers in that. So that's one example of how a church responded to the crisis and really assisted uh, the healthcare system. In terms of theological outlook and what churches uh, did in response to people's needs spiritually and emotionally, I think that was an important role too because I do believe that uh, churches did step up in terms of caring for their people, in in terms of setting up networks where people could connect. And the online services that went up around March 15th, that was an example of that. And I think there was a lot of reaching out. For example, churches utilizing Sunday school groups and small teams, small groups to communicate with each other and support people
2: uh, during a time of need. That's a great point. Uh, you mentioned about the Church of the Highlands, and you mentioned the dates when they did that. That was probably the most uncertain and scary week uh, during the initial onslaught of the coronavirus in, in the country in the South. So that's a great point, point. Um, and it is commendable. Um, sort of on the other side of the coin of what you just said, though, in terms of the spiritual role that it played, have you noticed any sort of a darker tone from any churches related to the virus in that we're living in the midst of God's wrath, or has the mood remained largely positive down here
0: I think it's it's remained positive, except that there is this kind of uh weariness uh over being able to miss out on um their their spiritual life as they were used to it, and they've had to develop a new one. I think you've seen a few voices like uh Judge Roy Moore, our former chief chief justice, who was Uh, being very outspoken about churches didn't have to abide by these rules. And he he was trying to rally some support to that. I don't think he got a whole lot of support. I think um, he was basically taking the position that the pastor in Louisiana did, that churches have a right to gather and the government can't do anything about it. That was not widely shared. Um, I didn't see that happening. On a large scale in Alabama, I never saw any large churches openly defying the state guidelines on meeting Uh, in terms of interpreting it as some kind of prophecy uh, and trying to fit it into an end time scenario. I think there's been very little of that, really. No more uh, conspiracy theorizing than you would see in any other time, I think. Uh, And really, a pandemic might breed some of that thinking, but
2: I really didn't think much of that took hold. Well, and how do you sort of survey the effect of not attending church, that effect having on people? As we mentioned before, some people defied the social distancing recommendations and guidelines, and now most everyone cannot go to their respective churches and must worship from home. What kind of spiritual toll do you sense this might have on Christians in Alabama?
0: Well, I think in general, Christians are taking it very well. I think they're finding different ways to worship in the same way that people are finding ways to shop at home and and do uh, virtual supermarket shopping or ordering from Amazon and so forth. So in a way, I think this pandemic has moved us a couple steps further down the road of Internet commerce, including on the church front, and I think the churches that were set up to do, for example, tithing through the internet uh, through a website, they're better positioned because it, it obviously churches get most of their income and and are able to pay their staff by the offerings that people give so this will have an effect on churches in terms of their revenue streams um, not going to church for several weeks in a row is going to knock their budgets way down. In the case of uh, some of the mega churches, they're already set up for internet giving, and many people give that way anyway. That they'll you know have their credit card number uh, logged into the church website and can do virtual giving. So that whole aspect of it, I think, has been moved a little further down the line that churches are developing ways to do virtual services and virtual giving, and many churches that didn't do it before are going to do it now and start having the ability. For example, on this uh, live streaming of services, St. Paul's Cathedral downtown was not set up to do virtual services before this outbreak, and most Catholic churches weren't. You know, that if if you wanted to watch a live mass by television or live stream you could watch EWTN's daily mass from Irondale at the chapel but none of the even the large catholic churches in alabama were set up for live streaming but they are now uh they set up even the small catholic churches set up live streaming through facebook live so it has really pushed a whole new wave of live streaming virtual services that didn't exist before. And now those avenues exist because of this pandemic.
2: Well, finally, Greg, uh, I want to read a quote from your story, your uh, most recent story about Easter from Reverend Elizabeth Goodrich, who is a Presbyterian minister in Birmingham. She said, we are letting an empty sanctuary remind us that An empty tomb was the first sign of resurrection. The same love that binds us together for a season calls us to remain apart right now. Because we love God, we want to take care of each other. And my question is, why do you think that message took a while to connect with people as it relates to going to church where people congregate, they shake hands, they give hugs, they break bread and otherwise?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think because uh, it took our whole society a while to adjust, and the churches are just a part of that. I mean, it took a while for all of us to basically shut down our lives in that way and stop going out to eat and uh it just took everybody a while. I think the church uh, that announced first was on March the 12th from the Birmingham metro area, the Rock City Church called off services. And there was really a reluctance that first week because that's such a big step. And that's the only way they know how to do it, is is to, to go to church and see all your friends and everything. So it was a very dramatic step, but pretty much most of the state had moved toward that by, March the 15th, as you know, we, you and I, uh, started doing the, uh, work from home thing. Uh, Our business started doing that on March the 16th. So everybody kind of caught the wave at the same time. Yeah, it was slow. Um, yeah, the churches that, uh, were slow to adapt to that were putting people at risk. Uh, but there were a lot of other people, you know, people gathering at the beach. There were a lot of people who were slow to catch on, and may have put some people at risk. Uh, it's it's just that it took a while to push society to where it needed to be. I think we all got there, the churches, most of them got there. In Alabama, I think uh the, the cooperation on a broad scale was pretty impressive. And uh, as a society nationwide, I think it's been pretty impressive what we've been able to do. Of course, there's going to be some exceptions and, and missteps along the way, but Overall, I, th- I think we've responded, and uh, I think the church has played uh, a part in that. For the most part, they did well.
2: Greg Garrison, thank you so much for the time. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it.
1: If you or anyone you know is affected by the coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com that's b-f-l-a-n-a-g-a-n at al.com for all our coverage of the outbreak and how it continues to impact alabama visit al.com slash coronavirus if you like the show please rate us and write a review thanks for listening